0: Where are you going to find a meat little house like you want? Isn't it? Oh, they tell me of a home There no storms
1: Hello and welcome, everybody. You're listening to It Still Lives, the Foxfire podcast where we take you on a journey through Southern Appalachian history, one story at a time. I'm your host, Cami Ahrens, and this is our second installment for our celebration of Women's History Month. In our last episode, we featured three different interviews that came from three different generations and shared different perspectives on women's roles in society, in the family, um, their role in the workplace. Um, all from 1975, which was a pretty pivotal time for the women's movement, both in America and internationally. Um, I hope it was interesting for you and provided you with some different perspectives and a different way of looking at um, how Appalachian women um, perceived themselves and how they related to the broader nation. This week's going to be a little less academic, a little less formal, um, and I'm just going to play a series of clips from a long interview with one individual. So the Foxfire archive is full of women's stories that are just impactful and really powerful stories. We're working on a book project to put some of these narratives together um, that'll highlight just women in Appalachia. And I'm really excited to be a part of that project and to bring you more information about that soon. However, I wanted to share one woman that I discovered in the Foxfire Magazine who will be a part of that book project. In the archive, we have a few anomalies, as I would call them. A lot of our interviews are with a pretty standard demographic, usually an older woman who's been raised in the mountains and she's sharing tales of her childhood growing up on the farm um, or the homestead in the mountains. And this interview is with an older woman and it is recounting her past as a young adult, but she is actually an Italian immigrant. We unfortunately do not have many immigrant stories in our archive, and this is something that we're working to correct and to fill in some of those gaps. But I find this story really interesting and really compelling because um, this woman was a, a young adult in Italy during World War II. So this interview is between Angie Cheek, who was a former Foxfire supervisor, and her mother, Angelina Davis. Angelina grew up in Milan and was on the front lines of the war. And she worked for US Army headquarters and ended up falling in love with an officer there. And then she (laughs) took a boat to America and moved to Clayton, Georgia in the early 1950s, which at that time was a teensy tiny town, you know, and this is before cell phones, before internet, and really before airplane travel. So she couldn't just go home and visit. She couldn't contact her family. So she is really experiencing a a drastic change and really just severing ties with Italy, you know, and she's coming here in the 1950s, and she doesn't speak any English. (laughs) So I, I found this interview just really interesting and really a different perspective from what we normally hear in the Foxfire Archives. So I hope that you enjoy this, and if you're interested in learning more about Angelina, please reach out to us. I'd be happy to direct you to the magazine issue that she's featured in, and then hopefully soon here, we'll be able to share her story in a book publication. This story picks up after Angelina is already... Gone through her war experiences. So, Angie and Angelina have been sitting down for a while discussing Angelina's past. And where the recording starts is when Angelina arrives in Clayton. So, she's taken a boat to America, they've taken a train to Atlanta, and then they finally took a car from Atlanta to Clayton. Um, so, I'll, I'll let Angelina take it away from here.
0: We well, arrived uh, to the house. <coughs> you know, the hugging and this and that, and and she said something to me. She, John's mother, you know, I don't know what she said. Maybe she said, welcome, I don't know. But um, she she was talking to me and I look at her, (laughs) you know. But Winnie was there just jumping up and down. Oh, she's cute and bliss and that and Mary. Uh, Winnie didn't work that day. It was Friday. She she waited for us to come, and um, she was all dressed up, you know, to impress me. And uh, we were in the house, and you, um, the ooh and the how. My head was buzzing. I, they all were talking and yakety yak, and I didn't understand a word, you know. <laughs> and uh, they were wondering my hair was natural and this and that, and. Uh, Barcelli could say, hi, and I said, oh. <laughs> So it went up to the next day like that, and then the next day they fixed breakfast. And uh, they fixed, they say, a good breakfast, uh, sausage and egg, and scrambling and everything. And when yes. I saw it, in my stomach. <laughs> because in Italy, we just, Coffee and milk, you know, coffee and milk, we have that, and biscuits, you know, biscuit. And when I saw the food, I said, what is that? Yeah, because you really didn't have biscuits. It was more like a… Bread from mm-hmm. the bakery. Yeah. Yeah. We we never bake bread at home. And when I saw all the greasy ham and stuff, I said, John, can I get up for a minute? Can I go to the bathroom? He said, sure and I went to the bathroom and I'm empty. <laughs> oh gosh, then they knew I was vomiting, so then it came over and see if I was sick. I said, yes, I am sick. And I said, I hope it's not like that every morning. I said, I can take it. Cause yeah, one time you told me too about eating corn. The yeah, time. then that, that day we had lunch, you know, big lunch, and Mama Cherry fixed everything so with chickens and all. All the stuff, and uh, I like that. They have rice and gravy, and I enjoyed that. And and then she put this big bowl of cream, uh, corn. corn cream corn, and and I said, what's she doing? I mean, why? Strange, you know. Why they putting the corn in it? And I said, John, what's that? And he said, that's corn. And I said. And what what we supposed to do with it? They say, Eat it <laughs> I, I I made a face like that and then his brothers understood what was going on. And he said, Yeah, they don't eat bread and I uh, don't eat corn in you know, in Italy, you know, they call it just here in America. And he said, What you do with all that corn, Mamma he said, I say we give it to the animals. <laughs> we fed the pigs and so then, then, after we finished eating, John said, Come on, take a seat. The town. I said, Okay. And we got in a car. We we didn't even go straight because, you know, there was a mountain there with, at the crossing, at uh, 441. There was a mountain, you know, the the hotel on top. And we went around and, and, uh, It go this way, south and then it go north and and I said, John, please I'm getting sick. You said you're gonna take me see the town. He said, This is it, we've been looking at it. (laughs) Oh God, I said, Don't say that. He told me it was a small town, but that is not small, it's nothing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you know, now you can see the town, you see the drugstore and uh, main street is pretty full, you know, but then there was nothing there, but uh, and I tell you, I said, "This is the town." I can stand I was expecting to see a town, you know, a group of houses together, and I came home and I put my head under the pillow and cried cry, cry. I would have come home if I could. Even I understand it was a small town, but that was nothing. It was a small town, and uh, but you know a lot of the time I got used to, and uh, then the people start coming, and wanted to know me, and and they made a big fuss about me. Oh, she's beautiful. She's pretty, and she, the. They start talking something, and some word I call on, and I say yes, no, and this, and uh, they were looking at my shoe with the platform, (laughs) and uh, then that was Friday. Then Saturday night, they had a dance at the gym, at the old gym, and Daddy took me there to, you know, show me to the people, and. uh, it was so great. I tell you, I'll never forget the way people treated me when I came. Uh, they were just, just sweet. And if somebody like them, I forced myself and I tried to understand, you know. But if I didn't like then they mean, don't understand, to <laughs> get rid of it. I know, because I know you and Daddy spoke Italian. Yeah. Um, Said so that people wouldn't understand. Yeah. yeah. I, I know for years you didn't get your citizenship. No, I got my I find a letter. It wasn't about the last 60 that I got my citizenship. I was scared. I was scared that I had to take the test and I went there and asked so many questions, you know, and I was shaking. Uh, Joe Brewer and, and Miss Dawson came down with me to Atlanta as a witness, and, uh, and I remember the question. He was good. He was asking many questions to everybody, and then he asked one- Who's he? The man there in charge, and uh, then he asked me each one, one of them, one question, and he asked me, he said, how many justices there are in this? Supreme Court, and I said eight, and he said no nine, and I said well I didn't finish. I said eight and plus the Chief Justice, my now, <laughs> and he <laughs> smiled when I said that. <laughs> he said smile. He said you deserve it. <laughs> and then I, uh, I had to fill up a paper and all the things I belong to. At that time, I've been here a while and. And I put the Legion, Lady Legionnaire, and uh, the Girl Scout and Boy Scout. You know, I was working for, and uh, I am a day mother at the school, and and I wrote a lots of stuff. And and he said, this is very impressive. He, the man kept reading and looking at me, and you know. And John said, isn't that something? He says she did all of this, and she didn't even speak well English you know I mean I was speaking up then but I had the strong accent and um, no and uh, you know and it was it was fun and then everybody was inviting me and in, in this club and that club and the PTA, and um, and I was embarrassed and I kept those eyes looking at me and I say I'm sorry I kept apologizing I don't speak English but we don't care what you say. we like to hear talk, <laughs> say whatever you want to. Yeah. don't steal there. well, how did you learn to speak the language? A word at the time where well, I tell you it it wasn't as hard as somebody else because I worked at the office in Italy a quarter, and there were always officers coming in and out in and out and and then you grab words, you know, in fact, when they talk to me, I always answer in Italian, but you know, I understood what they asked me, you know, and then when John, Daddy did, that had a job, uh, he, he had to travel all over this town, you know, by 70, whatever, and uh, he had to communicate with people. I didn't know the English word for Daddy, but I knew what he was saying, and I translated it to the people, said what he wanted, what he was telling them, you know. And um, so you know, I thought. Well, I knew enough to be my, my myself if I had to go somewhere. But when I came here, said, shoo, don't you? Ain't you going there? Ain't you? I look at the dictionary. I can find ain't you. <laughs> don't you like it? Don't you? I ain't. I ain't. Do it. I ain't doing that. And I, I, I look at Daddy and like to say, "Please help me." Well, tell me about the can and everything going to Belk's. Yeah, I went, I went to, I went to Belk, and I, I said, "Daddy, let's go in there and see." I, I was looking for knitting wool, and and he said, "Now you go in and get what you need." I said, "Please don't leave me here. Please, please." He said, you never learn. If I come in with you, don't learn. And he, I could see him standing at the door of Belk. And it wasn't back yet. And uh I um met matter fact the lady that owned at the time, she just died last month. And uh I was scared. I don't leave me please, he said, no. He said, You will never learn if I come with you. So they came in and they asked me, Say. Can I help you? I don't know, and I need you know try to explain, and they brought me something there. No, no, I tell them you know emotion, you know, and show me something else you know, and i went we went on about thirty minutes, and they were <laughs> laughing. They enjoy it, they enjoyed the game, you know, and I kept saying when they were laughing, then I started laughing too. And uh I explained and I said, No, you know, baby the baby sweater, baby, you know? And I said, You know, working. Finally one um brought me something. I remember it was Doris Blackley Mama. She said, This one yeah and everybody, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. And that that there was something that happened every day. It happened every day. Mm-hmm. Every store I went, it was like that. Many houses, then, homes, they invited me for supper, me and Daddy. And so one night I had this beautiful supper, there was fried chicken and mashed potato and all the vegetables, okay. Uh, two weeks later I was invited for supper, and I went to this other house, and I Fried chicken, mashed potato, green beans, and then. then again, I went to I don't know many homes that they invited me for supper. I didn't realize that that was the best, you know, the special supper, you know, the fixed fried chicken. That was special. I thought that everybody was eating fried chicken, <laughs> mashed potatoes, and green beans. <laughs> I said, but then I turned to John, I said, that's all they eating is? Chicken some mashed and he said, "No, they do special for you." And I please tell them not to do <laughs> one more time. And I go croak. <laughs> uh, it was awful. <laughs> but then he explained it to me that it would be nice doing something special, that is something special. So I, then I accepted, you know, there. Have you ever regretted? The no, choice? never. I, I had nostalgia of home. Uh, I was on sick many times and I dreamed and I say, oh, I like to go home and, and do this and this and this at home, you know. But um, no, I have no regrets.
1: Well, I hope you all enjoyed Angelina's story. As I said, it, it's certainly different than what we usually find in the archive, but I think it's even more valuable for that because it provides us with an outside perspective of what um, Clayton was like at a, at this period in history from definitely um, a very very different cultural background. I again <laughs> am interested in hearing more immigrant stories in our archive. Um, I myself as a transplant to Appalachia can still identify with some of the things that Angelina mentions um, but I just can't even begin to imagine what it would have been like to go to a different country to a tiny little town essentially a village um and have no communication aside from writing with your family um in a land that you don't speak the language so i really admire angelina's bravery um and find again just find the story so interesting and compelling and i'm very happy that i got the opportunity to share it with everybody thank you for joining us this month for this little two part series in celebration of women's history if you're interested in learning more about women of Appalachia, I'd be happy, again, to direct you to some of my favorite stories. Please reach out to me at foxfire.org. You can contact me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, both of our handles for that are at foxfire.org. And we are on Twitter, although I must say Twitter is a weakness of mine. Um, so please be patient if you do reach out to us on Twitter, but it's at stilllives in the number one. Always, always happy to hear from you all. Thank you, and I look forward to talking to you all next time. Take care. If
0: you don't like that, you can throw it away. I like it.